I was just got thinking about that. And uh, that guy there, he was dying with cancer. He didn't live much longer after that. And uh, they had to get a bus with a bed in it for him to get to that meeting. He wanted to go somewhere. So he, he laid on that bed for them to drive him that far. He was so weak at that point, taking all the treatments and all that. But still, he was preaching to the end. And uh, I think he was meaning it from the heart there, too. Amen. The win That's the whole key. We're on the winning side. No matter what anybody else thinks. The other side thinks they're winning, but they're not winning. They can't win. We're winning. Revelation chapter 19. Revelation 19. He's the one that went to the doctor, and the doctor said, I'm sorry, but you're terminal. And he said, you're terminal, too. <laughs> He's right. We're all terminal. You better make sure you know the Lord. Revelation chapter number 19. And we're going to do a little Bible study tonight. And we're going to study a little bit on the second coming of Christ. I don't know why I got thinking about this, but I did. And some of you have heard some of this. Some of you hadn't heard any of this. But it'd be good for you to hear it. We may not finish it tonight. If we don't, we'll do it. Uh, we'll get it again next time. But I was just thinking about some of this stuff. And, you know, this global warming and climate change and all that stuff. And the, uh, John Kerry's now said that... Um, how long do we got? Did he say the other day? Six years or something? I mean, he's full of baloney. He's not any smarter. And then, and then uh, Bill Gates says we got to go to synthetic meat because the cows are. You go to synthetic meat. We're eating the real thing, Bill. That's all right. So you do. You do it. I mean, speak for yourself. But anyway, I'm eating real meat. Hey man, I like beef, cow, pork, all of it. But what I'm trying to say is, I've read the back of the book. They can't, the earth is not going to be destroyed the way it said it is. It's impossible because of the Bible tells you how it's going to be. It's not, I'm not in politics tonight. What they're saying is absurd, insane. They're crazy is what they are. The Bible very clearly tells you how everything will be destroyed. It'll be more than a thousand years from now. And so the point is you couldn't get rid of the earth if your life depended on it. They, they could let every nuclear, whatever, they, they can't get rid of it. You say, how do you know? I've read the back of the book, and you can't change the ending. There are not alternate endings. There's only one ending. It's the way the Bible says. And so, anyway, these crazy people, it's really sad. They, 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 they're smart and got money and all that kind of stuff, but yet they're so dumb because they don't know God. Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. That's just like the Bible said. That's where we are right now. All right, let's pray and we'll get started. Father, thank you tonight. May you bless us, help us as we study your word. May you get honor and glory in it. I pray you'd help me remember these things that I've studied and just help me present it in a way that be pleasing to you that would give you honor and glory. May you bless the church. We're thankful for how you blessed us and how you continue to bless us. We pray for your blessings on the service tonight. Be it those that can't be here. Be it those that are not feeling well, that are sick. May you watch over them. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Revelation chapter number 19, verse 11. It says, And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations. 
and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Now notice in the Bible, uh, the scripture is very clear that the Lord is coming again. You can mark that down. And there's probably ten times as many references throughout the Bible, and maybe even more than that, of his second coming as there are his first coming. The Bible talks about his first coming, even in the Old Testament, many times, and told where he would be born, how he would be born, all those different things about him. But yet, the second coming of Christ, there's so much more about that than there is the first coming, and people miss it. I don't understand how they miss it. But the main theme of the Bible is the second coming of Christ. And the whole point is, the Lord's coming back, and he's going to come on earth, and he's going to reign, the Bible says. And he's going to be king of kings and lord of lords. And that's exciting to me. I'm looking forward to that. There won't be any more elections when the Lord comes back. Elections, forget elections. You won't have to worry. It may not be anyway. I don't know. But anyway, there won't be any when he comes back. He'll be king of kings and lord of lords. And I'll be just perfectly happy with that. But many refer to this as the second advent. So you'll hear people talk about that. The word advent just means coming. There's a first advent or first coming, a second advent or a second coming. This is not the rapture. The rapture is going to take place about seven years approximately, give or take. Depends on when the tribulation starts after the rapture. That's up to him. But the rapture will take place at least seven years before the second coming. And at the rapture, we meet the Lord in the air. He doesn't actually come down on earth. But at the second coming, he's literally coming back and he's going to reign on earth. And it's going to be something. And only two times in the book of Revelation do you read where heaven is open. The first time that it's open is in Revelation chapter 4, and that's somebody going up. It's a great picture of the rapture. And the second time is Revelation 19, 11, and somebody's coming down. And that's the second coming of Christ. And so let's see some things about the second coming of Christ tonight that I think are important, that we need to see. And this, notice the first thing is the picture of his coming. The picture of his coming. Now notice his physical appearance here. Look in verse 12. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. Now notice his eyes look different, and he's also got many crowns on his head, the scripture says. Now you say, well, where'd those crowns come from? Well, take your Bible and go to Revelation chapter number 4, and we'll see if we can kind of decipher this and figure this out. Revelation chapter number 4. And in Revelation chapter number 4, we see a scene that takes place in heaven. And in that scene, you see the angels. And, well, in this case, it'd be the cherubim, which are not angels. But you see the cherubim, and you, which are also called beasts. And you see the elders, which are saved people. I'm not going to get into exactly who they are. There's 24 of them, though. And you get in here, and um, you read about them. And they're all around the throne around him. And it says in verse number 9, And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne, who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne, and worship him that liveth forever and ever, and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created." Now, what we do know is, is we know that when we get to heaven, there's going to be a judgment. And at that judgment, there's going to be rewards and people are going to receive crowns. But it appears when we receive the crowns, we're going to be giving them back. And he's the one that's 
only worthy to have the crowns. And that's true. That's the way it should be. I'm, 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 I'm perfectly fine with that. And so here he is, and when he comes back, the Bible says he has many crowns on his head. That's going to be something else. You know, the Bible talks about the Antichrist in Revelation 6, and he's also wearing a crown. He's a great counterfeit. He's an imitator is what he is. He's not the real thing. And so he's trying to be the Lord, but he's not the Lord. But that's what's going to happen. And so he'll be a king. He'll be over things. He'll be in power. He'll be in control. And, uh, but he won't be the right one. But when the Lord comes back, his eyes are going to be different. The Bible says the eyes of the Lord are in every place. You know, he can probably see right through somebody with his eyes. His eyes are different than anybody else. But there's more than that. Look in Revelation chapter 1. His hair is going to be different than it was here on earth. On earth, he had black hair. He said, how do you know that? Song of Solomon tells us. His hair was black on earth. He was a Jew. He looked like Jews look over in Israel. And in Revelation chapter 1, notice it says in verse 12, John's talking, he sees the one talking to him who happens to be the Lord. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps, that's the chest area, with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire. Now notice this, his eyes are specified again, but also his hair is white like wool, the scripture says. His hair is going to be completely white. So that's something. Here's a man that's coming back. His eyes will be, uh, people will pay special attention to that. He's going to have white hair, and he's going to have a, a, a garment on that goes from all the way down. Like you might say a Middle Eastern or somebody like that wear, but a lot different, a whole lot better, because it's going to be a heavenly garment. So it's a different kind of garment. It's going to uh, go all the way down. And then later, what we're going to read about this garment is it's going to be dipped in blood. We're going to see that too. And so let's check that out. Look in uh, Revelation 19 again, where we was just at. Revelation 19, this garment's going to be dipped in blood. Revelation 19, verse 13. And he was clothed with a vesture. A vesture is his uh, clothing there that he wears. Um, matter of fact, the first time you read the word vesture in the Bible is in Genesis chapter 41, verse 42. And Joseph's wearing a vesture. And Joseph's the greatest type of Christ in Scripture. And the Lord comes back, he's going to have the same thing. He's going to have a vesture on, a clothing on. And the Bible says in verse 13, and he was clothed with a vesture, look at this, dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. Now you might ask, why is his clothing going to be dipped in blood? And the reason his clothing is going to be dipped in blood is because he's coming back on a white horse. And the Antichrist is going to have the United Nations, according to Zechariah 14, all nations, and they're going to be gathered against Israel. You can see that shaping up right now. Uh, the, the president you got right now is a real piece of work. He got in there. He's the first president in history, in history, not to call the leader of Israel within the first week that he was in office. What he's doing is snubbing them. The worst thing that could ever happen to America, I'm not, this is not Democrat-Republican stuff, so just get that off of your mind. It has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. The worst thing that can happen to America is for America to turn their back on Israel. Israel's our greatest ally in the world. 
And the Bible says, I'll bless them that bless thee, and I'll curse them that curse thee. And now they've got a lady who's another piece of work. She wears a towel on her head named Omar. And she's a Muslim, and they put her as an um, ambassador for all this area. And she hates Israel and has called for their destruction. In America, one thing about it in America, whether you were a Democrat or Republican, for the last 200 years, didn't make any difference. Every side was for Israel. But now you're seeing people turn against Israel. And they're all going to turn. Don't worry about it. It'll be Democrats and Republicans. They're both going to turn against Israel. You say, how do you know that? The Bible tells me so. Because God's going to gather every nation. Don't you think America's a nation? Well, if America's a nation, we're going against Israel, according to Zechariah 14. But you've got to get away from God to go against Israel. That's a big mess. So we'll get to that more as we go. But, man, we're asking for it. That's what we're doing. But they're going to have a 200 million man army there at Israel. And the Lord's coming back and he's going to come back and he's going to be mad when he gets there. And he's going to defeat them. And, the, and they're going to have horses. You say horses. That's the Bible ain't up to date. Oh, yeah. We've got horses in our military right now. And Russia has horses. Russia's known to have many, many horses in their military. Anyway, I've taught them a bunch of that stuff before. But they've got horses that can take certain degrees of weather, what they call super horses over there. And anyway, it's going to be a big deal. And the Lord's coming back, and he's going to whip every one of them. They're going to lose. And the blood's going to be so deep that it's going to come up to the horse's bridle. Well, if it comes up to the bridle, there's his garment down there, and his garment's going to be dipped in blood, the bottom of it, as he goes through that bloody mess. So it's going to be. So that's gruesome and rough. It is, but it's the way it's going to be. But until that happens, it's going to be hard on Israel. It's going to be bad. Another thing, Iran's mentioned in the Bible in Ezekiel 37. They're called Persia, and they're there in the end times. You know what they're going to do? They're going to be going against Israel with Russia. Right now, we've got a nincompoop in there trying to get Iran more nuclear weapons by getting back in that treaty. I'm not Democrat or Republican. I'm talking Bibles, what I'm talking. You don't ever help your best friend's enemy out. Israel's our best friend. You say, why are they our best friend? Because the Bible tells us they got to be. If I had a best friend and somebody's wanting to cut their throat, I wouldn't go buy them a knife, would you? That's exactly what we're doing right now. You've got an Ayatollah that has said he wants to wipe Israel off the face of the map. We're saying, here, let us help you with what you're doing. We'll give you so many billions of dollars in cash on a pallet that's not accounted for. And now we'll pitch in this nuclear thing and get all the nuclear weapons you want so you can do what you want to do. I'm telling you, we're in a mess what we're in. I really believe we're down to the wire here. I believe we're close to the end. I don't know when it's going to be. Don't claim to know, but you can sure see it shaping up. That's for sure. See things shaping up. But what I am telling you tonight, I'm, I know what the Bible says about it. I don't care what politics are. That has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the Bible tonight. And I, it almost looks like that Trump was in there, that God let him be in there to do one thing. And if he hadn't have been in there like he was, I don't, th I, he was a, I mean, they hated him. There's no doubt about it. And I didn't agree with everything the guy did. He did a lot more good than he did bad, in my opinion. He did pretty good for Israel and things like that. But the truth is, they hated him so bad, it's like it escalated the thing. And it's almost like God set it up because he's bringing the end, see. And so they're all just puppets, Trump and Biden, all, I mean, they're, God's over the whole thing, see. 
God's over the whole thing, and he's got it going, and it'll, it'll end exactly when he wants it to end. There's nothing anybody can do about that. And so that's just the way it's going to be. So anyway, it, you can almost see that, though, that that's the way it is. It's pretty wild. It's, it's hard to believe that we've read the Bible and read the Bible, and now we're seeing it unfold right in front of our eyes, saying, well, that's happening. Check, check, check. You're like, wow, this is amazing what's going on. But anyway, we better pray the Lord comes back before it gets too bad or you'll be persecuted. Like the guy in Canada, that preacher right now that's in prison because they had an indoor church service. Is that not crazy? An indoor, you don't think that's not coming here? All in the name of COVID, you know, it's, it's unreal. But anyway, you can only have so many people over for Thanksgiving. You can only have so many people over for Christmas, that kind of thing. It, you know, so what do you think about it? It's none of their business is what I think about. Nobody's business. All right, let's move on here. It's funny. You can have ball, you can have an NFL game though, and have everybody there. It's all politics. If it was real, they wouldn't allowed that. COVID's real, but you know what I mean. I'm talking about what their reasoning was real. I'm not saying COVID is real. It's terrible. All right, here it is. He's got a garment. He's coming back. It's going to be in red. Turn, turn over to Isaiah 63. Isaiah 63. Isaiah 63. Old Testament, but it's telling about future events that have not happened yet, but they're going to happen. And I'm dealing with this garment dipped in blood. Isaiah chapter 63, it talks about the Lord coming back. Isaiah chapter 63, verse 1. Who is this that cometh from Edom? Now, Edom's in the southern part. Below Israel, what they call the wilderness. It's down there below the Dead Sea, all that area. With dyed garments from Basra. This that is glorious in his apparel. Traveling in the greatness of his strength. I that speak in righteousness, mighty to save. I know who it is. There's only one man that spoke in righteousness and is mighty to save. That's Jesus. Verse 2. Wherefore art thou red in thine apparel, and thy garments like him that treadeth the wine fat? I have trodden the winepress alone. Kind of like going through grapes and getting all the grapes. You know in the Bible, that grape is a type of blood. You say, how do you know that? When you take the Lord's Supper, what's he tell you to use for the blood? Grape juice. Then it's a picture of the blood. It's not blood, it's a picture of it. And so those words are interchangeable in Scripture. You see those kind of words. And so anyway... Here you got him, and he's going through here. He says, I have trodden the wine press alone, and the people there was none with me of the people. For I will tread them in mine anger and trample them in my fury, and their blood shall be sprinkled upon my garments. So I'm not just talking. I'm telling you exactly. I'm reading what I just backed up what I said. And I will stain all my raiment, my clothing, for the day of vengeance is in mine heart, and the year of my redeemed has come. That's pretty plain, isn't it? He's coming back, and they're going to stomp through there, and people's going to die, and they think they're going to win, but they're going to lose, and the blood's going to come up and splatter. You say, that's gross. It is gross, but you need to know it because that's what the Bible says. It's going to happen. He's going to be red in his apparel. Do you realize here's the Lord coming back? He's got white hair. He's got on this big outer, outer garment, and it's going to be red. And he's on a flying horse. I mean, it almost sounds like something else, doesn't it? And he's going to be talking when he comes back. Turn to the right to Zechariah. This blows your mind. Zechariah chapter 2. Let's just see what he's going to say. Some of you already know. Zechariah chapter 2. 
Zechariah chapter number 2. Zechariah chapter 2, the Lord's coming back. And this is the end times book right here, Zechariah. And he talks about in verse 4, and he said unto him, Run, speak to this young man, saying, Jerusalem shall be inhabited as towns without walls, for the multitude of men and cattle therein. For I said the Lord will be unto her a wall of fire round about, and will be the glory in the midst of her. He says, I'm going to be there. He said, oh, they won't even need walls anymore. He said, I'm coming back. I'm going to be in the middle of Jerusalem. I'm going to be reigning is what he's going to be doing. And then he's going to speak in verse 6. Ho, ho. <laughs> Come forth and flee from the land of the north, saith the Lord. He's coming back in a red suit, friend, on a, with white hair and a flying horse. And you know what the Bible says? Is it say, ho, ho? And the scripture says he's bringing gifts unto men in James chapter 2. <laughs> That sounds like something else I'm thinking of right now. That's right. But this one here is better than the other one. Somebody say amen. Oh, yeah. It's going to be good. Isn't that crazy to see that? And so what we see is that when we see the picture of his coming, that's what we're going to see. It's going to be amazing when he comes back. It's going to be exciting, too, at the same time. And there's going to be a picture on earth. There's things taking place on earth when he comes, the picture of him. But how about the picture on earth? Turn to Revelation chapter 6. Let's see what earth's going to look like. Revelation chapter 6. Here's the second coming of Christ. The first 11 verses talk about the Antichrist and what he's going to be doing. Then in verse 12, he says, And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake. One thing you can mark down when the Lord comes to the second coming, there's going to be a great earthquake. There is a great earthquake at his death, burial, and resurrection. Well, there's another big one right here. And the sun became black as sackcloth of hair. So what's that mean? It's going to be dark and you can't see. And the moon became as blood. And the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs, when she is shaken of a mighty wind. Now let me just say, that's not, this does not happen. What you say is you see this earthquake, even though we're seeing those more often. Was it yesterday when they had the earthquakes? Where was that at? Oklahoma and somewhere else. The sun's going to turn black. That's not happening yet. The moon's may come as blood. It's going to be dark. That's not happening. The stars of heaven fell on the earth. That's falling stars. Even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs when she's shaken of a mighty wind. Verse 14, And the heaven departed as a scroll when it's rolled together. And every mountain and island were moved out of their places. That's not happened yet, but it's going to happen. Islands and mountains are going to be moved, the scripture says. So that's climate change. Mm-hmm. No, it's the Lord coming. He will change the climate, by the way. I say go ahead and open up a can of Freon and burn a tire is what you ought to do. Verse 15, because you can't hurt it. And the kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman. One of them said the other day, one of those weirdos, they said America invented slavery. You got to be a special kind of stupid to think that. Because I read in the book of Exodus where the children of Israel were slaves and America hadn't even been born yet. <laughs> You got to be We didn't invent it. And the thing is, we didn't end it either. They think, oh, we've ended slavery. That's a joke. When the Lord comes the second time, they'll be bondmen. That's slaves. 
I'm against slavery. Don't get me wrong. I'm not for it. That has nothing to do with it. I'm just saying we didn't get rid of it. Don't let somebody tell you they got rid of it. Every bondman and every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come and who shall be able to stand? And the answer is implied, no one. Nobody's going to be able to stand when he comes back. They'll hit the deck when he comes back. That's going to be amazing, isn't it? And so what you see is an earthquake. You see the sun becoming black, the moon getting dark like blood, the stars fall from heaven, mountains moved out of their places, islands moved. Imagine Hawaii and all these different islands all over the world moved out of their places when the Lord comes back. Things are really going to change. It's going to be something. And nobody's going to blame it on anything because he's coming back to stay and he'll tell them what's going on. No, there's no news media in on this. They're all fired when he, when he comes back. It's over. And when he comes back, he'll take care of that. No communist news network. It won't be on anymore. Get rid of that stuff. And so the Lord's coming back. I'm excited about that, just reading about that. And that's amazing to me. He's coming back and he doesn't look anything like they think he's going to look. But that's how he's going to look when he comes back. And they don't, of course, when he was on earth, he didn't look any way or any shape like they think he was going to look either. Because they've got him blonde hair, blue eyes. We know he wasn't, that's not the truth. That's a Catholic depiction. Nobody ever, nobody alive has seen him and there's no photographs. Kodak was not even invented yet when he was living. So there's no way to know other than what the scripture says. Polaroid, forget them. They weren't around. It's the scripture. You know, that little girl's down in the floor at church, and she's drawing, and her mama said, Honey, what you doing? She said, I'm drawing God. And, she, and her mother said, Well, honey, nobody knows what God looks like. She said, They will when I get done. <laughs> now, you got to love kids, don't you? <laughs> That's good. I always tell them it's funny because uh, you go some places, and they'll have a black Jesus, and you go some places, they have a white Jesus, which... White people see a black Jesus, and they say something like, well, that's ridiculous, but it's not any more ridiculous than a white Jesus. <laughs> see, why, why, I can only speak on the white people's side, but that, they're not smart enough to realize their depiction is not any better, <laughs> not any better at all. And so it's just as silly either way, see. And I've got a lot of black friends. We've got good black people here tonight. And... Uh, some of the friends I used to hang out with, we'd spend the night together, you know, growing up and stuff, and play basketball, had a lot of fun. And I'd go into their house, and they'd have a black Jesus, maybe at the Lord's Supper depiction, you know. And then beside it, Martin Luther King sitting next to him. You go into a white house, and they'd have the white Jesus with the white Lord's Supper and a crushed velvet Elvis beside it. <laughs> That's how you know which house she's in. But I'll tell you one thing. If he's in the White House or the Black House, they both believed in the Lord. <laughs> so, <laughs> they just both wrong on it. He was a Jew when he was here. That's what he looked like. <laughs> I'm telling the truth, ain't I? <laughs> Y'all look at me, oh, what's he saying? I'm just telling the truth. I'm just the way it is. <laughs> it's humorous. But what gets me is, is the white people think it's funny on one side, but they're just as silly. <laughs> they're not any better. Oh, me. They have it wrong, too. All right, so you got the coming of Christ. He's coming back. You see his second coming. You see the picture of his coming. It's exciting. And then you see the path of his coming. And I wish I had a screen or something I could draw. 
Well, I'm not very good at drawing, but I wish I had a map where I could use my hands and show you anyway. And to show you this, go back to Isaiah 63 one more time where we was at. That's a good spot. Isaiah 63. There's a direction that he's coming. Isaiah chapter 63. Isaiah chapter 63 verse 1. Who is this that cometh from Edom with dyed garments from Basra? Now Basra is also another name for Edom. This is that this is uh, this that is glorious in his apparel. We know it's the Lord coming back, okay? He's coming from Edom. Another name for Edom in the Bible is Esau. Those names are interchangeable. Esau is Edom and Edom is Esau. And it's the land where Esau dwelt at. And that land is below the Dead Sea on a map. So if you've got a Bible map, you'll have one somewhere in the back of your Bible. And you'll see below the Dead Sea, that's Edom. It's called the wilderness also. In some places it says he's come back in the wilderness. That's also Edom. And he's coming back, and he's coming around, and to the right or east of the Dead Sea on a map, you'll find uh, modern-day Jordan. It's Moab in the Bible, but it's going to, anyway, that's where it is. He's coming back along the side of the Dead Sea in what modern-day Jordan would be, and it's called in Isaiah the King's Highway. I wonder why they named it that. That's the direction the Lord's coming back, right down the King's Highway. Matter of fact, let me see here. Isaiah 34 is what my mind says. I don't have any notes here on that. Let's just see here. Make it 35. Yep, Isaiah 35. It's pretty close there. And this here is about end times. That's not happened yet. Isaiah 35, the things in Isaiah 35 have not happened in 2021 yet. They're going to. It's the regathering of Israel. It's uh, the millennial reign, the Lord coming back. And it says in verse 8, And an highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those, the wayfaring men, though fools shall not err therein. No lion shall be there, nor any Ravenous beast shall go up their own. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy with their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sign shall flee away. He's coming along at King's Highway. That's what it's known as, the King's Highway. It says there'll be a highway there. That's the same direction. And that's the direction the Lord's coming back. And he'll get all the way up above the Dead Sea. When he gets up to the Dead Sea... There's a crossing at Gilgal, and it's the Jordan River where it connects to the Dead Sea. And he's going to cross right there where Joshua crossed, which is a type of his coming. And he's going to cross right there where he got baptized at. And he's going to cross right there, and he's going to go right up to the Mount of Olives. And boy, that's going to be something. So go ahead and turn to Habakkuk. See if you can find Habakkuk. I'll see if I can find it. (laughs) One of those little minor prophets between Isaiah and Matthew there. Towards the end of one of the latter ones. When I was a kid, I thought it was like Chewbacca in Star Wars, but it's not. It's Habakkuk chapter 3. Habakkuk chapter 3, 
verse 1, tells how he's coming. A prayer of Habakkuk, the prophet, upon Shigenoth. O Lord, I have heard thy speech and was afraid. O Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make known in wrath, remember mercy. God came from Teman. God didn't come from Teman. You know what Teman is? Esau's grandson. Same land of Edom. It's another name for it right there. When in the world, when in the Bible did God come from Teman? He never had that happen. But it's just like it has happened. It's future. God came from Teman and the Holy One, that's Jesus, from Mount Paran. Mount Paran is located in Edom. Salah. His glory covered the heavens and the earth was full of his praise. And his brightness was as the light. He had horns coming out of his hand and there was the hiding in his power. Before him went the pestilence and burning coals went forth at his feet. Notice he had brightness like he's glorified, just like you read it in Revelation. Uh, verse 8. Was the Lord displeased against the rivers? Was thine anger against the rivers? Was thy wrath against the sea? That thou didst ride upon thine horses and thy chariots of salvation? Is me on horses? Verse 10. The mountains saw thee and they trembled. They moved out of the place, matter of fact. The overflowing of the water passed by. The deep, it's above you, uttered his voice and lifted up his hands on high. The sun and moon stood still in their habitation. Almost sounds like Revelation 6, doesn't it? At the light of thine arrows they went, and at the shining of thy glittering spear. Thou didst march through the land of indignation. He's mad. Thou didst thresh the heathen in anger. Just like you read in Isaiah 63. Thou wentest forth for the salvation of thy people, Israel, even for salvation with thine anointed, Jesus Christ. Christ is the anointed. Thou woundest the head of the house of the wicked, the Antichrist. By discovering the fountain under the neck, Selah. He's coming back, and he's coming back on horses, just like the Bible said. Verse 15, thou didst walk through the sea with thine horses, through the heap of great waters. He's coming down through that great deep that's way up there in the universe, that body of water. He's going to come down through that and make his way all the way down on a horse, and that horse is going to come straight down, and he's going to come into the atmosphere, and he's going to come down there below Israel and go all the way around. He's going to come in, and the Antichrist is going to think he's winning, and he's going to have the armies there, and then the Lord's going to show up and ruin his day. That's exactly right. Like the old bumper sticker says, the Lord's coming back, and boy, is he mad. <laughs> or he's going to be mad. That's true. All right, one more place. I've got to close. Turn to the right from there. Zechariah 14. A couple books to the right. Zechariah chapter 14. Here he is. When he stops, he'll be on the Mount of Olives. Now, you that went to Israel with me, he, that's where he was at, on the Mount of Olives. We, we started at the very top. They dropped us off on a bus. That's where he's going to come. And he's going to work his way down. Zechariah 14, 1. Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, second coming of Christ, and thy spoil shall be divided in the midst of thee. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle. Biden says that now we're with NATO again, and he said that our union with NATO cannot be taken away ever. We'll be, that's what he said. I don't know what he thinks he's doing to do that. But why in the world do we need NATO? You don't need NATO for anything. You say, what is all this? You say, well, you're just preaching against Democrats. I preach against baby killers anytime I want to. 
But let me tell you something. This has nothing to do with what I'm preaching against. I'm telling you what the Bible says. And all this is, he don't know what he's doing. None of them do. None of them have any of this down. The Lord's setting this stage up, friend. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle. And the city shall be taken and the houses rifled. Means they're going to be destroyed. They're going to knock their houses down. And the women ravished. The word ravished means raped. You want to talk about sickening. And half of the city shall go forth into captivity. They're going to, how about that? The United Nations is going to take those Jews and make them captive. Slaves. I thought we were against slavery. Why would you do that if you're against slavery? Don't ever listen to what a person says. Watch what they do. They say one thing and do another. They shall go forth into captivity, and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Then, oh yeah, shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations as he fought in the day of battle. He'll win. And his feet, they'll they'll die. And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west. And there shall be a very great valley, and half of the mountains shall remove toward the north and half of it toward the south. That's amazing. When he stands on that mountain, he's so powerful, the mountain's going to split four ways. Wow, that's amazing. And he's going to kill those people. You say, oh, he shouldn't do that. He's got every right to do it. They're fighting his people. Israel belongs to him. He's got a right to defend them. You say, how's he going to do it? He's going to give them a little plague out of his mouth. He's going to speak, and a sharp two-edged sword will come out, like in Revelation 19. Look what it says in verse 12. And this shall be the plague wherewith the Lord will smite all the people that have fought against Jerusalem. You want to fight against Jerusalem, do you? I don't. Their flesh shall consume away while they stand upon their feet. And their eyes shall consume away in their holes, the eye sockets. And their tongues shall consume away in their mouth. They'll disintegrate before they can hit the ground. Wow. People say, that's nuclear bombs. He's going to set all the nuclear bombs off. Maybe, but he doesn't have to do that. His word's more powerful than a nuclear bomb. He can speak, open his mouth and speak, and it's over before it ever got started. They will not win. They're not going to win. No matter what they say, they will lose. The old saying was, when he first came as a baby, his mama laid him in a manger. But what a sight on horses white, he'll return as the Lone Ranger. (laughs) All right, we're going to stop there. And um, next Sunday night, I'm going to give you the other two points. How about that? Part two, that's part one. To be continued.